Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com. We've got a set Sunday special for you. Jerry and I want to talk a little bit because uh, today is a big day uh, in Longhorn football, whether you realize it or not, and not everybody does, but uh, today's the final day for players to enter their name into the portal uh, if they are electing to leave uh, a university, uh, whether going or coming for the University of Texas. Uh, but last year, this time, uh, there was some uh, drama behind the scenes with Xavier Worthy and Jade Barron uh, potentially doing that, uh, but ultimately deciding not to. Uh, Jerry, you know, we are tiptoeing around this subject because it's hard to name names or, or do that. But what are you hearing and what's the very latest in this regard uh, for you and the Texas Longhorns? Yeah, it's been it's been interesting, Bobby. There's has not been as much talk about guys leaving as we thought, I, I believe. Um um, at least, you know, what I've heard, especially in the last three or four days, it, it's been a little more quiet than you would expect. Uh, now, can anything happen? Sure. Uh, but I think it speaks to uh, the, the team that Sarkeesian's built. I, I really do believe that. I mean, um, look, there's guys that have some opportunities if they want to go somewhere else. But uh, I think the University of Texas is a pretty good place. Uh, I, and obviously, somebody would have to really come – with a great deal to get a kid to leave the University of Texas. At the end of the day, with where Texas is headed right now, the university it, it is, um, the culture that uh, Steve Sarkeesian's building, uh, the rapport with the coaching staff, uh, these kids have in their position rooms. Um, it, Texas is a tougher is is a tougher place to pull a kid from than I think people probably realized when they tried. I I, I will say this. Uh, not only can Texas compete in the NIL space, particularly if they, if that, if that happens, but look, yesterday and this weekend is a symptom or is a proof of of concept for Steve Sarkeesian. They just had five guys drafted, yep. and that is the ultimate goal for all of these players. Yes, and they know that last year Sarkeesian's first year didn't have any players drafted, and that if that if they can continue that climb, it's going to be harder and harder for guys to walk away. Plus they see someone like Roshan Johnson, who was decidedly behind the star player in Bijan Robinson yet stuck it out and still ended up being drafted. I mean, those are good examples, like first rate examples of, Oh, this may be the path. This may be the right path for me. It's not to, to run at the first sign of adversity. Well, and that's a great point, Bobby, because think about this, too, that kind of furthers that point. When Steve Sarkeesian was hired, Keandre Coburn could have left. Ojemo could have left. These guys, Roshan was never leaving the University of Texas, right? That that guy's not. <laughs> He'll be running an NFL franchise one day, whether he knows it or not at this point. <laughs> um, he will be. And his decision's going to be made for himself, I think, or by some other people. Um, but, look, guys could have left. Bijan could have left. USC, Ohio State, they all wanted him, right? I mean, so it's to your point, these guys stayed and saw success. More uh, Ojimo, what, two years ago, even last year, Bobby, if you said, okay, who are the top NFL defensive line prospects for Texas? I would think Sweat would have been one, right? Collins. Um, Coburn, probably two. Ojimo, three. Byron Murphy coming on four. Uh, then Collins, all that talent. But these guys stayed. They didn't have to stay. I mean, they weren't the best defensive linemen on their team uh, as far as NFL prospect. And then you see what I think is the big thing is five guys drafted. But before that happens, guys start winning awards. 
Bijan wins awards. Uh, he wins national awards. He's an All-American. Kelvin Banks is a freshman All-American. I can't tell you how big that is for people. For a five-star kid to be a freshman All-American, right? Jalen Ford wins awards, right? I mean, so you turn the corner on the field. You go from five to eight wins, right? And as you turn that corner, your guys start winning awards that stayed in the program after a coaching change. That's a pretty good selling point from a vision turning into reality, which is the hardest thing when these coaches – I say this in any sport. Rodney Terry's going to go through it now. We'll get to that. You're selling a vision, but how quickly that vision turns into a reality is how quickly these kids really buy in, recruits buy in, and the good things really start to happen for a program. And it happened in year two under Sark, and that's a really good thing. Well, to your point, uh, I, I feel like we don't know what's going to happen the rest of the day. We're Correct. monitoring that behind the scenes. I mean, I, I feel like I'm the the duck that's going across the water, and you don't really see the, the feet paddle underneath. Uh, but the, that is what's happening right now. Uh, we're waiting to see if there's any movement uh, on the Texas roster. Hopefully not, but you never hey, know. By, by the way, explain that to people. So the, this today's the last day you can put your name in by midnight. But there's that 48-hour window after that before anything's made public. So just for the people that don't understand that process. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, a player can enter their name into the portal today but and file the paperwork. They have to, I think, by midnight, to your point, Jerry. Uh, then the team has 48 hours to actually put them in the portal. And the reason they have 48 hours is because of strictly paperwork issues. I mean, the, the, the compliance guy may not work on Sunday. Right. I mean, not everybody in the football office is working 24 um, seven. And so that's that's the that's the situation there. So we will not just at Texas, uh, but around the country, you'll hear of names sprinkle in tomorrow and Tuesday as well. I'm sure. Uh, but today will probably be a big one as well, especially if players declare it publicly. I, I think that maybe today we'll hear some uh, declarations from uh, hopefully just other teams. But. Uh, we will see. I do believe that the success in the NFL draft uh, is helping Texas assuage some fears uh, of current players. Like, look, this is this is a place I can go to and get drafted. Remember, a year ago, no Longhorns drafted, right? Uh, first time in a while, Texas had a top 10 uh, player in the draft. Uh, five players overall. Uh, it can be a place if you do your if you do your what you're supposed to do. You can be a future football player at the University of Texas. And, and I know it's it's sad to say that that was in question, but when you have no draft picks like they did a year ago, that can be a question. And look, Bobby, let's – I mean, we've talked about it, but Texas is going to have at least five guys drafted next year too. Yeah. So they're about to build on this draft with at least five next year, counting guys that we think will go out early if that team has a really good year. Um, and they could they could go they could go past five next year. So right. then you start to get to that that number where Steve Sarkeesian tells these future recruits kids in the portal. I mean, look, we're getting it done. We've had 11, 12 guys drafted here in the last two years. We're we are becoming quickly becoming one of the top really top programs in college football once again. Yeah, that, that's just uh, that's the idea. I think I really do. Uh, let's turn our attention real quick, Jerry, to Ron Holland. Uh, the uh, talented young basketball player out of the Dallas area has signed with Texas, but says he's reopening his recruitment. That means he has to request a release from the university, but basketball is different than other sports. They just let him go pretty much 
if they ask. Uh, this would not happen in football, I don't think, uh, quite as easily. Uh, so what's going on and what's the latest? Is, is Ron Holland possibly going to end up back at Texas? Or is this one said and done for the Longhorns? I would be surprised. I mean, I'm not going to rule it out, um, but it, we've been doing this a long time. And some people say, well, it's NIL. It's different. Very few kids return to the school they backed out of a commitment from. It just doesn't happen very often. Um, so I would say it's a very it's a long shot. I, I would be surprised. Um, it, it, and it's that this is a tough one for Texas. But, you know, it kind of it, it's interesting. It speaks to kind of where I think college basketball is headed, Bobby, is is I'm. I'm just not sure I'd recruit the five-star kids uh, because it's it's a tough ask when you're when you're rebuilding out of, in the portal. So the freshmen with really lofty expectations they come in the programs and if the fewer fewer of those guys are impact players unless you're on an inexperienced team. But inexperienced teams not where you want to be in college basketball anymore. So it's it's a really fine line in recruiting right now. Um, what you do, I, I really, it'll be interesting to see where Rodney Terry and Frank Haith, Chris Ogden, Steve McLean, Brandon Chappelle, where they go, um, in future recruiting at Texas, it, it, because I think you're seeing around the country, it, it's these number one and number two classes. They're awfully young when it gets in the NCAA tournament. And, um, so I think it'll be recruiting those guys ranked 40 to 80 in the country that, you know, are going to be there two or three years and develop that don't come in with unrealistic expectations. I think that's where college basketball is headed um, long-term and we'll see. And so many of the best, best guys are going straight pro. Um, so, you know, you, you're fighting the NIL battle, which Texas is strong and don't get me wrong. You're fighting an NIL battle. You're fighting the G league. You're fighting overtime elite. You're fighting overseas. Um, and you know, it's, it, it, that's a tough road. And then you're bringing in a kid that had pro options He's expecting to play 30 minutes a game and not be brought off the court if he turns the ball over three times in a row. That's literally where it's at right now. That's a tough thing when you're also – your job's on the line winning and losing, and you don't have the longest rope in the world. So it that that's where it, it's very interesting in college basketball that football doesn't face. Basketball faces, I could have gone pro, I came here, why am I playing 15 minutes a game? So that's where college basketball recruiting is difficult moving forward. Yeah, and, and I can understand that. Um, at the same time, how do you take Marcus Carr off the <clears throat> off the court? You can't. Or yeah, yeah, Sir Javari Rice and those guys who may not have the NBA pedigree, they may get a chance. Don't get me wrong, uh, but right. they're more of those long bake guys. You know, that takes a while to get get going. I just, I, I agree with you. I think it's a delicate balance. Uh, but Ron Holland, I thought, might be one of those guys. I did too. True freshman that could actually deserve the 30 minutes a game. Whereas Dylan Mitchell clearly wasn't a complete player. Didn't, didn't really have that outside shot. Arterio Morris was kind of hit or miss. I really liked how he played down the stretch, but they, they weren't necessarily ready to play 30 minutes a game and be on a big time basketball team, despite their national ranking per se. Right. Yeah. And I think it, it what's interesting is, it's almost getting those guys on the rebound is, is a better thing in basket, college basketball because one college coach said, when you get the guy on the rebound, you already threw all the BS. It's kind of put up or shut up time for these kids at that point, right? They can't, they have nobody else to blame after they transfer if things don't go their way. 
So you get them after the BS. And I think that's kind of, and I don't mean BS in a negative way with the kids. I just mean the, that's what a college coach said, meaning, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Going from high school to college, realizing it's a lot harder than you think, dealing with the circle of people who thought it was going to be easy. So then reality hits and these kids transfer somewhere else. That's almost the best time to get some of these kids. Look, Texas had success with kids like that transferring out. I, absolutely. I think they had a, their best basketball team in a decade uh, yeah. doing it with that exact blueprint. And uh, Max Asmus is, is now in at Oral Roberts. Texas bringing in uh, – they also got the big from Virginia. They're well, bringing in two more guys this week. Yeah, uh, let's let's mention, let's mention that, Bobby. That's a good point. Uh, Texas – look, recruiting goes on, right? Texas has a lot of holes to fill. Um, Zarika Nyimna, uh, 6'8", power forward from UTEP, he's coming in Monday and Tuesday for an official visit. He was just at Vanderbilt, which is interesting because I think the Toronto Raptors – Jerry Stackhouse is starting to get NFL, NBA interest as a head coach. So he's in an interesting spot in recruiting. But Nyimna – Went to John Jay High in San Antonio and uh, was recruited to UTEP by Rodney Terry. He's coming in Monday, Tuesday. Uh, kid, I I mean, if anybody that's on Inside Texas knows I love this kid dating back to high school. You can find old posts. I, I, I was hoping Texas would recruit this kid. Kid named Kendall Weaver, spelled Schindel, Schindel C-H-E-N-D-A-L-L, uh, Weaver out of Mansfield Timberview. They lost in the 5A state title game his senior year. Um, he went to UT Arlington. I thought was one of the most under-recruited kids I've seen in the state in a long time. He goes to UT Arlington. He's whack freshman of the year. He jumps in the portal. Texas visited him last Wednesday. He has the same trainer as Max Asmus. He's coming in Wednesday, Thursday for an official visit. Those are two really big visits for Rodney Terry because once you get past the shock of the Holland situation, <clears throat> You're in a pretty good spot to still build a team here with Asmus in, with Dylan DeSubak, with Caden Shedrick, a 6'11 rim protector. Brock Cunningham's going to be a great role player. Alex Anamakwe is an upside guy who they've really liked since they had him in uh, this summer. So Weaver's a big one, a 6'3 athletic guard, shot 40% from three last year. Um, Ayemia's an athletic big who's just starting to get, get his offensive game. He was a late developer. You put, put him with Dylan DeSue and Caden Shedrick, and you have a much better interior than you've had the last couple of years as far as defensively and size and rim protection. So they're still building a really good team here. The Holland stuff hurts. I, where Holland, I think, hurts, Bobby, is he's, he's the Gatorade player of the year in Texas. I mean, there's no that's the thing that hurts. He's the number one player in Texas. 
Got it. Uh, all right, moving on. I want to talk a little bit about the NFL draft just yeah. to recap it. Um, Bijan goes first round, number eight overall to the Falcons. DeMarvian Overshawn goes in the third round, number 90 overall to the Dallas Cowboys. How about that? A kid from ARP going to Texas, uh, going to, from Texas to Dallas Cowboys. That's got to be a dream come true for him. Number four, In the fourth round, Roshan Johnson goes 113 overall to the Bears. Uh, number 194 overall in the sixth round, Keandre Coburn goes to the defending Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Mora Ojomo in the seventh round, number 249 overall, uh, goes to the Eagles. I uh, want to say a couple more things. Deshaun Jameson picks, gets picked up, undrafted free agent by the San Francisco 49ers. Anthony Cook, the safety, who you and I talked about, I think he's got a chance to make a team some which way. I don't know how. Uh, but Anthony Cook signs with the Chiefs as an undrafted free agent as well. Uh, he is a uh, uh, smart player and someone I think that uh, might find his way onto, onto a roster long time. No news yet on Jaleel Billingsley and whether or not he's uh, been picked up at this time. Uh, Jerry, was there anything that surprised you about this draft? Like, is there a guy that was a particularly good fit? Uh, anything like that? You know, I I think the Bears just, <laughs> I mean, I think they had a great draft. I mean, you know, you look at that and you, you get, you know, look, it's all inside tech. As you said, you posted it. It's, um, what they said about Roshan Johnson in, in, mm. in the press conference, I thought was it was amazing, right? And uh, I just don't think I, I think they added such a good value guy for a franchise. I think that with the pieces and the other players they got in the draft, I, they seem to be a franchise that's headed in the right direction if they keep doing the things they're doing. Um, I really love that Coburn goes to the Chiefs and Ojemo goes to the Eagles. Those guys, hey, look, it's going to be tough to make those teams, um, but they're going to winning franchises. They're going to places that they got a chance that really good chance one of those two guys to have a Super Bowl ring next year. I mean, I, I, I that's that's big stuff for these guys. I mean, that's just you know that takes you to another level um, as a pro athlete. But I, yeah, I think you know, I think Bijan, he he's going to be successful wherever he goes as long as he stays healthy. You know, I mean, that's the thing for him, uh, the versatility. But, yeah, I, I thought Chicago – I thought the Eagles had a great draft, by the way. The, adding Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith to a team that was in the Super Bowl, you just improved your pass rush. I mean, that's, they, imp they, that's impressive draft work by the Eagles. Uh, now, Jalen Carter, you got some stuff you got to deal with possibly, but keep going. Cowboys uh, – well, Cowboys fans got to be – I mean – yeah. They didn't. They had a. I mean, the Eagles. Eagles, by all estimation, had a freaky good draft. They picked up the DeAndre Swift from the Lions in a trade. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Moro Jomo is is part of that, but my point being is that that everybody has got to look at the Eagles and saying, what else? What else are they going to do right? They're they're one of those franchises doing a lot of things right right now. Now, I'm interested to see if Jalen Hurts is truly that level quarterback long term. Right. Um, right. That, that he's not a great passer still to no. this day. No. He is a tremendous runner and dual threat guy. So how he how the treads on his tires wear over time uh, and if he can replicate what he did a year ago is a different story. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see about that. But uh, hey, by, by the way, another another draft, another draft takeaway, Bobby, is. 
good year for Sark to be his last year in the Big 12. The Big 12 lost some talent. Yeah. It's, it's not the most talented league, but th they lost as much talent as they have in a while. And a lot of it's always on the defensive side of the ball, right? I mean, it's a good year for Sark to be in year three with an experienced team in his last year in the Big 12. I'll, that's another thing the NFL draft tells you because the Big 12 doesn't reload with NFL draft picks. Not, not, not at the level some like do. the SEC and the Big 10. They just don't have the talent pool to choose from. So the, there's, the conference is going to drop off defensively next year, and that's a good thing in year three for Sark with all the guys he has coming back. I'll tell you, what was your take, Bobby? When we talk about where college, the future college football is headed, I know we got to go soon, but I wanted to get this question to you. Portal kids from smaller schools transferring and going in the NFL draft. It feels like double A baseball to the majors, right? And these kids are going to start seeing that success. The best players from smaller schools transferring the power five, then getting drafted. Um, uh, it, to me, the future of college football, that just kind of the NIL space we're in, that just kind of furthered that point, did it not? I, I here, Here's the reality. Of the top 50 picks in the NFL draft, only one came from a non-BCS conference. And that's got to be the lowest in a few years. I haven't looked at yeah, it. I, it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, used to you would hear, you know, Tennessee State or yeah. Sacramento State or, you know, some small school somewhere would have somebody that people would point to and say, okay, this is a guy. Um, it's impressive, Jerry, that, that the, and I, and I mentioned this, um, the concentration of talent is absolutely going more and more to the, uh, the power 12, uh, power five schools. Yeah. Right? Without question. Uh, I want to, I want to say this to six, first round draft picks for the big 12, six different teams each had yep. those draft picks to your point. Uh, I don't see that they, they're not going to reload, reload like that. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how this goes. Uh, my other, my other takeaway here is, uh, you know, Oklahoma lost a couple guys, you know, that, that, that they lost two tackles that got picked. I mean, I would have never guessed, Texas played them last year. They scored zero points. Now their quarterback was inept, but the the reality of it is, is OU lost a receiver and two offensive tackles. They've got to replace. That's not an easy thing. Um, uh, two draftable NFL tackles. Right. Uh, so I, that that was a small takeaway as well. And a, and but, a uh, running back. And a running back, Eric Gray. They lost yeah. four offensive guys to the draft. Yeah. All right. I uh, want to say Texas baseball team back in action today at three o'clock. They take on TCU in the second game uh, of the series. Texas baseball won last night, uh, eight to four. Uh, they play today at three and then tomorrow uh, they follow on with another game in the series. Um, it, it looks like right now, Jerry, overall, the big news for Texas in, in whole, we're waiting on basketball news a little bit, but really the portal is the focus over the next 24, 48 hours, we're going to be monitoring that uh, heavily and then see if anything does break in basketball as well. Yep, that, that's where we're at. And uh, it's a big, uh, big next 48 hours. I'll say that. All right. All right. For Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football. Welcome.